Good morning, Boker Tov, and welcome back to our weekly 10 minutes of meaning, where we get together to employ the formula of the Ramchal of Moshe Chaim Lutzato, Rapinchas Ben Yair, who teaches us the steps to personal perfection, the way that we can be the best version of ourselves, how we can live our best lives yet, and how we can fulfill our greatest potential to the best of our ability. I want to thank our dear friends, Lenny and Hani Grunstein. I'm looking at you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you for your sponsorship, for your friendship. In memory of Hani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak, who's Neshama Shanavan Aliyah through our learning and through the Grunstein's uh, tremendous generosity, leadership, and scholarship. We are on the 11th chapter of Mesilas Sharm, the Barak of the Midah of Nikias. We've talked about Zahiras, how to live a life of mindfulness, to be conscientious and conscious in all that we do. Could you imagine the world? Imagine what the world would look like, what our relationships would look like, what our physical health, mental health would look like if we simply actually thought before everything that we said or did. Imagine if we paused and we were more calculated and strategic and we looked at the outcome of what might be the consequence or result. If we gave much more thought to what we say and what we do and where we go and how we do it, imagine how much better our lives would be, imagine how much better the world would be. And yet, there seems to be some obstacle, some impediment, some block that doesn't encourage us to, in fact, do that, but does the opposite. So the first character trait the Ramchal taught us, and we spent significant time on it, you can listen to the old episodes, the original episodes of 10 Minutes of Meaning, was how to live a life of Zahiras, of consciousness and mindfulness, how to be present in every thought, in every act, in every speech. And then we had Zerizas, because you know what happens? There are some people who it's analysis paralysis. You know people like this? They overthink everything. They're so caught up in the world of Zahiras, of mindfulness and consciousness, that you say, okay, it's time to actually do something now. Say something, do something, go somewhere. Set a goal, make a resolution, achieve something, pursue something. No, we're still in the thinking stage. Still analyzing, still considering. 70,000 years old, have been thinking and considering for 70,000 years. So you need Zerizas. After Zerizas comes, you got to unleash with alacrity and enthusiasm and energy the pursuit. Set that goal. Be sick and tired of the status quo in your life. Decide today is the first day of the rest of my life. I'm not eating like that anymore. And I'm not going to sit around like that anymore. And I'm not going to give in to my anger, my impulse, my anxiety, my envy, my arrogance anymore. And I'm not going to hurt my relationships or sabotage my success anymore. Set a goal, make a resolution. And Zerizas, unleash the best of yourself to go pursue it. Make a plan and measure it and be able to celebrate the accomplishment of achieving who you could be, who you're meant to be. And then we got to the Midah of Nikias. Nikias, the Ramchal, has been going through one by one to cleanse ourselves and to decontaminate ourselves from the type of thinking and the behaviors and the attitudes that end up harming us, that end up compromising our own lives, that end up corrupting our own lives. And we've talked about eating habits and profanity and promiscuity, and we've talked about um, all kinds of uh, verbal abuse, and we were up to talking about anger, we talked about revenge, and that is the topic where we find ourselves. Nikima and Nitira, the prohibition of taking revenge, of getting even. The notion, I don't get angry, I get even, it might be heroic and brave in some circles, it might be iconic, but it's not Jewish, it's not a Torah way of view, I don't get angry, I get even. Don't get angry, and don't get even. Again, as we said last time, that doesn't mean that you don't hold the other person accountable. If somebody stole from me, if someone damaged me, if somebody injured me, if someone harmed me, and I have the right to take them to a basin or in certain circumstances, a secular court, and to recover what they've done wrong to me, then by all means, go do it, go recover it, get it back. But never take revenge. Because at the core of revenge is this urge to 
to carry a grudge, to be angry. You know what revenge is? You know what anger is? You're giving someone else free real estate in your mind, in your brain. They've moved on and you sit around stewing and marinating and perseverating and all you can do is think about how you're gonna get even. That person did this to me, they said that to me, they hurt me in this way. You know what, I'm gonna get even. I'm gonna get revenge, I'm gonna put them in their place, I'm gonna take them down, I'm gonna give them a taste of their own medicine, whatever, whatever cliche we use to describe it, all we're doing is giving that person free real estate in our brain. The evil inclination, the Yetzirah in this way, inflames the heart and it seeks to keep alive at least some trace or recollection of what happened. That's how it works, that's how it operates. So that's what the Yetzirah does. It takes something relatively insignificant, relatively negligible, and it plants it in our mind. People who can't remember what they had for breakfast, they don't remember their own spouse's name. People who can't remember really significant dates, milestones, Torah concepts in their life, but they can give you a spreadsheet of everything anyone ever did to them. Right? You know, we had you over seven times, you only had us over five times. When we had you over, we served you meat. When you had us back, you served us chicken. We gave you the great seating at our simcha, you put us next to the band. We had you this, you did that. You once said this to me, you once that to me. There are people who can't remember anything. They don't remember their own name. They don't remember anything meaningful, but the grudges they bear against everyone, their spouse, their children, their in-laws, their friends, their acquaintances, their colleagues, every detail they've got, literally a running spreadsheet in their brain. So the Yetzirah says is, you know, I remember. I remember once I needed to borrow some sugar from the neighbor. And the neighbor said, nah. No sugar for you. So now the neighbor needs something from you and you say, well, I'm not going to violate revenge by saying no or by reminding you. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it with a frown. I'm going to do it with a grudge. I'm going to do it with a little bit of a, of a fabison upon him. I want you to know that I'm lending you the sugar, but I want you to know that I haven't forgotten that 17 years ago you didn't lend me the stick of butter, the quart of milk. Oh, or the Yetzirah says to you, you know, it's not nice to not help at all, but you don't have to help as far as you would have gone for someone else. You don't have to do everything you could do for them. And even if you're willing to do something for them, you don't have to do it to their face. And you don't have to reunite or reconcile or be their friend. You know, don't bear a grudge. Let it go. Forgive, move on. But you can say, you know what? I'm still not going to be a friend. If you're forgiven and he doesn't appear as a as a uh, enemy, it's good enough. And even if you're willing to reunite with that friendship, you're going to be guarded. You're going to be careful. I'm not going to be as loving. I'm not going to be as affectionate. I'm not going to confide as I once did. So what the Ramchal is communicating to us is that the Yetzirah is conniving. The Yetzirah is strategic. The Yetzirah, what is the Yetzirah? It's not some childish, immature view, like the little devil on one shoulder and a little angel on the old shoulder, other shoulder. The Yetzirah is not some external voice or external influence trying to lead us to the wrong conclusion. What is the Yetzirah? The Yetzirah is our alter ego. The Yetzirah is the voice inside our own head that doesn't represent the best of who we are. The Yetzirah is the one that is not the best version of us. So that little Yetzirah has this incredible, really creative way of thinking. It remembers the, the Yetzirah Tov, the good inclination, the best of us lets things go. 
The best things of us moves on. The best of us doesn't bear a grudge because you know what? The longer you hold it, the heavier it becomes. I love to tell the story, I've told it so many times, the professor in the front of the classroom who's holding up a, a beaker of, of, uh, of water and turns to the class and says, how much does this beaker weigh? So one student raises his hand, three ounces, professor, three ounces. Another student says, seven ounces, seven ounces, a pound and a half. And the professor looks and he says, right, right, and right. So the student, this is a group of scientists, budding scientists says, what do you mean they're all right? There's an objective absolute weight to the beaker of water. How could they all be right? So the professor said, you're all right. It just depends how long I'm holding it. Because the longer you hold something, the heavier it becomes. The longer you hold it, the heavier it becomes. There's a name for this, I forgot. If you do workouts, you can, you know, you can do bicep curls, or you can, you know, let's say uh, tricep or whatever, and you can just hold the weights there. I forgot the fancy name for it. And when you hold them there, so you're holding five pound weights. Five pound weights is nothing. A big gavra, a little flex, I can hold five pound weights. Yeah, you can hold five pound weights. For how long? You do a plank. You do a plank for the first four seconds, do the plank, you say, this is no big deal, I can do the plank forever. 30 seconds into the plank, you're vibrating, shaking, sweating, your heart's jumping out of your chest, your blood pressure's through the roof. The longer you hold it, the heavier it becomes, and the same is true with a grudge. The same is true with a grudge. Someone said something insensitive. Somebody did something insensitive. Somebody omitted to do something they should have done. They didn't uh, follow up. They didn't meet you where they said they were going to meet you. They didn't do what they said they were going to take care of. They didn't uh, come through in the way they were going to come through. They didn't make you feel good about your simcha or comfort you in your time of mourning. They messed up. They messed up. So do you give the benefit of the doubt? Do you move on? Because if you hold on to it and you register it and you calculate it and you keep track of it, the longer you hold it, the heavier it becomes. And I promise you that other person has moved on. I promise you the other person's not thinking about it. I promise you the other person's life hasn't changed an iota a bit. But the longer you hold on to it, the heavier it becomes and the more it weighs you down. But the Yitzhahara, the worst part of us, says, ah, don't listen to that. Forget that stupid story about a beaker and don't listen to that idea. It's not true. You deserve to be treated and honored and respected. And therefore, you need to hold on to that calculation. Maintain the spreadsheet. Back it up. Save it to the cloud. You need to keep the spreadsheet of exactly who harmed you and how they harmed you and when they harmed you and what you're going to do to get even. The Yetzirah, the worst of us, says, hold on to it. And you know what? You're not going to get even, but you don't have to love them. And if you're going to love them, don't love them the way you used to love them. And if you're going to help them, only help them a little bit, not as far as you could help them. So the Torah gives us the answer. The Torah gives us a response. The Torah tells us, you know what the answer is? Love your neighbor like you love yourself. That word kamocha is as in Nechama Leibowitz, I believe is the one who said, as in the word mi kamocha kiparo. Kamocha means love your neighbor because your neighbor is just like you. You haven't messed up. And you haven't forgotten to give sympathy to someone or wish mazel tov to someone? You never dropped the ball and didn't follow through on something you said you were going to do or call the person back after you told them you're going to call them back? You've never dropped the ball in your life? V'yahavta love the other kamocha, like you means, just like you give yourself the benefit of the doubt, just like you let yourself let things go, just like you don't hold the grudge with yourself, but you only see the best in yourself. V'yahavta l'recha kamocha. Imagine what a world would look like if we treated others. Imagine marriage and parenting and friendship and familial life. Imagine if we let things go and we put them down and we moved on. How light we would feel and how peaceful we would be. How much better off we would be. 
It's been said, I don't know the origin of this quote, I think it's the second week in a row I'm telling you a quote, I don't know the origin, that holding on to anger, holding on to a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. When you hold on to that grudge, when you hold on to that anger, you're poisoning your soul, you're poisoning your serenity, you're poisoning your happiness. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. The other person, you know what the word, you ever not talking to somebody and the worst part is they don't know you're not talking to them? It's a horrible feeling. You're like going out of your way to be cold and not talk to someone because you're really passively, aggressively letting them know that you've been hurt. And it's so obnoxious that they don't even realize you're not talking to them. It's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Let it go. Move on. Reconcile. Work it out. Bring it up, but with the spirit of trying to, to, to figure it out. Because v'yahavta l'reicha kamocha. Kamocha mamash, says the Mesil HaSisharim. The other person's like you. See yourself in them. See the parts of them in you. Just like you give yourself the benefit of the doubt and move on, so too you could do it with them. Living with Amuna begins in 15 minutes in all the same channels. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tonight, 9 p.m., Behind the Bima, special guest, the king, the father of Jewish radio and Jewish podcasts, the great Nachum Siegel. Very excited, 9 p.m. tonight. See everybody back here in 15 minutes. Have a wonderful day, healthy, happy, and holy.